This is the Living on the B-Side podcast and this is the podcast for you if you love music, storytelling and a little bit of mindset sprinkled in too. I'm your host Birgit and I'm all about using our love of music and the connected experiences to enrich our life in a different way. I'll take you on a journey where music allows us to feel and connect to our emotions and experience life from a different angle, music. Join me while we talk about songs, artists and different genres of music which had an impact in our life and what that impact was. I can't wait to take you on this musical journey. All right, hey B-Siders, welcome, welcome. Here is another guest interview and with a face we've already seen before. Um, it's the lovely Nat, one of my dear friends. Hello, Nat. Hi. And we've had this wonderful idea because we had so much fun on the first recording. We had this, this idea that we have to hop on on a second one and talk about how we actually have met and through who, because that was through music and through a band. And funny enough, there's obviously um, a lot of connection, emotional and experiences and everything with it. So we thought, well, we just hop on and we have another chat. So, um, yes, here we are. We're Nat. How are you going? Hey. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Excited. I think this is going to be fun and very nice to go walk down memory lane. Yes. So about you and me. <laughs> A trip down memory lane. Yes, exactly. So um, let's just dive straight in. Let's not muck around and let's okay. go for it. Um, okay, so who we're going to talk about today is um, one of the boy bands um, that is out there. And now we're not talking about, I wouldn't say the Beatles are a boy band, but anyway, they always been classed as one. But it's the new kids on the block. And before anyone goes, oh, uh, just stop. Okay. <laughs> Just stop. We're not crazy. We might have been a bit crazy blockheads back in the days, but now we're not. But we just want to talk about the positive impact that they've actually had in our life and the fantastic experiences we've had as well and who we've connected through their music. So it could be anyone else. It could be, I don't know, one of the heavy metal bands back in the days, or it could be another singer or artist so just because it's the new kids it probably goes for other artists out there too so that's what we're going to talk about today now where are we going to start are we going to go way back and talk about <laughs> when you were little <laughs> I was going to say when when we were tiny people <laughs> yes tiny crazy people <laughs> Well, I'm curious to sort of find out from you, Nat, and that you could share about, you know, when did you first hear about them? What was the song you've heard and kind of what was going through your head and heart, I mm -hmm. suppose? Um, well, when they first initially came on the scene with their first EP, I was way too little to have even comprehended who they I was only four. So at that time, it was very much, I think, whatever mum exposed me to would have been what I would have seen. But when they released um, the album, album Hanging Tough, I was six. And at that point, my ritual every weekend was to watch Video Hits, which was a music show that showed video clips every weekend. And even from when I was very little, because mum exposed me to a lot of different music, like Video Hits was the coolest thing ever. And I, I remember I was, I, mean, I was six years old, I was little, but it was, 
I remember seeing the video clip for Hanging Tough and it caught my eye firstly because I think they were kids themselves. And so I think being a kid and seeing kids doing this to like a real poppy, boppy, fun song, it just instantly grabbed my attention. And, you know, there was little me in the in the living room trying to dance with them. And it was just, I think it was that connection of I felt like I could relate to them because, you know, they were kids being kids, but they had put out this music that was catchy and it was fun and, you know, you could sing and dance to it. And then I remember, because at that point, you know, I was allowed to get pocket money if I helped mum around the house and everything. And I had saved up a bit and she had to go do some shopping. And I remember she took me to, and this is, this is going to show my age. She took me to Brashes, which doesn't exist in Australia anymore, but she took me to Brashes and she said, with your pocket money, what do you want to buy? And I remember I stood there and I, I remember at the front, they had a display case of all the brand new cassettes that had been released and it was cassettes. And I'm like, I know and we don't even talk about CDs anymore. This is going back further than that. And I remember standing in front and because they had been so popular and obviously had blown up, one of the first like front facing cassettes that was there was the Hang and Tough album. And so I remember little six-year-old me stomped over to the to the display and the first thing I without hesitation picked up Hang and Tough and then trotted over to the counter and like looking up at mum as if to say, I'm buying this. And with my pocket money I bought Hang and Tough and it was the best investment I ever made as a six-year-old. <laughs> Oh God, that's hilarious. Oh, just when he knew my story about that one. That that's gonna be embarrassing. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> oh dear me. That's so cool. I just imagine yes, this tiny little tot walking up with this, like, you know, spring in your step. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I so thought I was cool. the coolest. Yeah, I was I was the bee's knees. Cause you know, look at look at the album that I'm buying with yeah. my money. You know, like yes. I was it was very important. <laughs> Oh my God, that is hilarious. I love that. That's so cool. And I'm just kind of trying to imagine you as this little tot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, my one's a bit different. Obviously, I'm a little bit, I'm a few years older. Oh my God. That Only horrible. a little bit. <laughs> Only a little bit. But I remember I was about 11-ish. And it was the right stuff. I remember the video coming out and back in those days, it was TV in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing those guys like just having a blast, dancing, singing. And yeah, like you said, the song was really sort of, you know, poppy and groovy and they didn't look bad either. I mean, 11, 12, you're going into puberty, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was like, oh, who are they? And I don't know, I can't remember if I catch if I actually was able to catch the name of the band, whatever. But I do remember we had, used to have these weekly um, teenage magazine called Bravo, which was like, I don't know if you had, had anything over here, like Smash Hits probably. Oh, might Smash be Hits, TV Hits, you name it. Yep. Yeah, sort of just aimed at like the young, young people, teenagers. Mm -hmm. And there was this tiny little write-up saying um, something along the lines of, new sensation from America and it was literally a screenshot of the, the right stuff video with them in it and I'm like I cut it out and I was obsessed from then <laughs> and I do remember 
um because I was like oh I've got to have I've, I've got to have the album I've got to have the album and my mom and I went I think it was Thursday night shopping which was late shopping back in those days and we walked into um, a store uh, like a record store department from a big shopping center so to speak and they had I'm going even way back than you with the cassette tape they had the album album yeah 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 and it was there and I was so shy back in those days and I'm like mom was like that's the guys right I'm like yeah, yeah. why are you gonna get it no I'm not why not I don't want to so my mom literally had to grab the album go to the counter and buy it for me because I just was <laughs> too shy to buy it and I remember to this day my mom said I walked up put it on the counter about to pay for it and the guy looked at the album looked at my mom and went you <laughs> like he, he was actually making the connection like, you're buying this for yourself okay that's a bit bizarre not realizing I was literally standing in the corner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I remember that and that kind of was my my start with the new kids having that and then it just went from there obviously yeah it just went from there it was like a massive snowball because I feel yeah. that from then like anything that I could get it was on my wish list mm-hmm. so like I remember yeah. you know not long after that you know with um the step-by-step album they then had there was the VHS that you could get and I remember like begging mum like please 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 and like in in my household you had to earn like you didn't just get stuff like you either had to do well on a school test or you know it was you had to do chores and stuff so you know worked bloody hard to make sure that I got that VHS but you know when she got it for me I swear like I watched that on repeat and then you know when the greatest hits album came out and then they had the VHS of the greatest hits and it was all the video clips it was like constantly on repeat you know, you'd watch it and then you'd sit there and be patient, like hit rewind and like you're watching the counter of the the video player going back so you could hit play all over again. Or it would be, you know, it was, you had that one song that you loved and you remembered where it was on the video. So you'd keep an eye on the timer. So that way you'd rewind and know when to hit stop and play again. And it was just like, it became such a, it's funny, like boy bands really are this interesting phenomenon and they do create this I don't know there's just this sense of you you do you become I guess borderline obsessed it becomes like your it's your whole world and yeah they were that they were definitely that for me when I was little Mm -hmm. you know I I grew up with them really yeah yeah they came into my life at a time when my my world kind of fell apart. My mm. parents got divorced um, when I found them. And for me, they were like almost like a comfort blanket in a way. Yeah. I was able to escape the world and it was a happy world, you know. It was it And was I was fun. about to say it was positive, it was fun, it yeah. was, you know, it was bubbly pop music. How could it not make you feel yeah. comforted? I know. And then you also had obviously the love songs where when you're like a teenage oh, girl and it's your first god. crush. Oh my god. I think the hormones are just ridiculous during that time. I mean, looking back now, I look at myself and I go, really? <laughs> but then you gotta be gentle on yourself and say, Well, you know Absolutely. what? It didn't hurt, you know, it was no. a good time. We, I mean, I've met so many amazing friends through the new kids back then and even now. And 
we just had so much good time you know we went to new kids parties organized by other people and <laughs> we even tried to get a fan club up and running like <laughs> three or four people in different cities in Switzerland so it was it was actually a positive influence, even mm. though people sometimes thought we were, we were like completely nuts. I mean, my bedroom was covered in posters, even on the ceiling. It was just bizarre, but it was all positive, you know. It yeah. wasn't. I mean, there were obviously incidents, and where where I had, even I had to step back in that moment and go, "Well, what are you doing?" I mean, there's some fans that were literally almost too obsessed for my liking, mm. where it went into the state where you go he's mine not realizing he will never be yours Mm. it's a crush and even subconsciously I think I knew that's just a crush and you'll grow out of it yeah it was just a fun time to just experience all these emotions and having the music there as well to just be like the soundtrack of that moment in time for you you know 100% yeah do you remember your first concert Yes, because so we're going to go back to little Natalie again. When <laughs> her, yeah, little Nat, her heart was broken by her mother. So when they did, yeah, no. so they only toured here once when I was a kid. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was in association with the step by step album. But, anyways, they announced the tour. I was very excited and I wanted to go because, you know, hello, Blockhead. And back then I was the Jordan girl and I wanted to go and see Jordan. So, you know, (laughs) mum, please take me. And rude, she told me I was too little to go to the concert. And she said no. And we had a family friend who went and mum thought it was good enough for her to go to the concert, buy me a tour program and like a bit of merchandise and give it to me the next day. And I remember going, not the same thing like I don't want the tour book I didn't see the concert I was so upset I have never been like little me was just like stomping around the house like couldn't go to the concert (laughs) so I then had to wait until I was an adult to see them for the first time now they were supposed to tour I remember the first time it got announced. I think they were supposed to come out in 2009. And anyways, that concert got cancelled and postponed or whatever it was that they said. It wasn't happening. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is like little me all over again. My dreams have been shattered. They were supposed to come out. (laughs) And here I am, like, grown up and, you know, no, no new kids. And then down the track they re-announced that they were coming back so the first time I got to see them was in 2012 and I don't regret it because clearly I was old enough to get the ticket that I wanted and I made little Natalie's dreams come true because I bought myself um VIP gold tickets which meant that I got to meet them all and I'm I'm glad that I did it and in a way I'm kind of not that I think I wouldn't have appreciated seeing them when I was a kid, but I think seeing them as an adult, it was kind of nice that I, it was kind of like me making a dream come true for myself. And so I was kind of like, I don't know, chuffed for myself in that moment that I was able to do that for me, you know, something that I always wanted to do as a kid that I wasn't able to, I was kind of given the opportunity to make amends for little Natalie who was angry <laughs> oh no 
Don't but yeah, that was you. that was the first time I saw them. So I I never got to see them as a kid. But yeah, as a grown yeah. up, as a grown up, yeah, I think you probably like you said you probably appreciated a bit more because you're not sort of hormone driven. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know. granted, I totally get why my mom said no because I'm pretty sure majority of the tickets when I was little they were general admission. So like I wouldn't have been able to see anything, and like you know when you're mm. tiny. And I'm pretty sure mum also just didn't want to sit through a 90-minute New Kids on the Block concert, to be honest. I'm pretty sure that was what it was. It wasn't so much that, you know, she didn't think I could handle it. I just think she didn't want to see that, which is fine. It's fine. Oh, God. No, my mum was completely different. She went. She went and she had a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah. It was 1990, was it what? No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm getting the date mixed up now. Let me think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I remember it was the 6th of May. That I do remember. And my mum's like, we'll go together. Don't worry, we'll get a good seat. I'm like, no, 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 I've got to go, got to go. So after school, I went home, chucked it on, went to the concert on my own, had the worst seat ever because I couldn't wait. My mum yeah. had the best seat. So everything, because she went later <laughs> and she was with all the parents sort of on the sidelines, you know, <laughs> this is a big, like the Hallenstadion in Zurich at that point was rather large. And yeah, she, she, she liked it. And I mean, I loved it because I saw them. I was right at the back, but it was really cool. But yeah. Um, but it, it's all a bit of a blur because you just sort of, I was in this kind of state almost like it's just like I said the hormones took over excitement took over and like you said in a way I enjoyed it but I didn't because Mm. you know you sort of not be able to take it all in and really savor the moment you know so but yeah it was I was so glad they actually came because a lot of stars at that time they just left Switzerland out a lot of times because they looked at it as not worth the investment unless you were established someone like Brian Adams or Tina Turner or someone along those lines. Um, They were like filling stadiums and concert halls, obviously. But yeah, it was, um, but they toured Europe so many times and they only came to Switzerland once. So you had to either go to Germany or Austria or France if you wanted to see them, which was a pain in the butt if you're 12, 13 year old. Yeah, it allows you to go, right? I was going to say, as if your parents are going to be like, sure, off you go to the next country or, you know. Well, my mom was pretty cool. She actually let me go to Frankfurt, which was across the border in Germany. Uh-huh. But under the condition, I went with my friend mm-hmm. and her parents. And they sort of accompanied us. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, we were allowed to go on our own to the concert. They went for dinner somewhere. And then they just met us later on. So I'm thinking, now looking back, I think, gee, that was actually quite, quite a thing. You know, we were allowed to go on our own to a city we've never been before. Yeah. So that was, yeah. But concerts, yeah, I have to agree with you. I think seeing them in 2012 was a much more enjoyable experience, mm-hmm. definitely, because you can savor it more and really enjoy without being sort of this hormonal kind of person. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I remember one song that always sticks in my mind a lot is If You Go Away, and I think you've got a different um, sort of memory to that than I have. And for me, If You Go Away was like a really sad song because at that point, the rumour was going around, they're splitting up. Mm. 
And for me, it was like, I was heartbroken. And I had this song on repeat. Mm -hmm. I know it's, I mean, on repeat, meaning on a cassette tape that I've Mm -hmm. recorded 90 minutes, you know, (laughs) it's, I mean, looking back, you think you, why? But that's just what you did. But yeah, I was, I was really heartbroken. I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. And I think I've also realized at that point that part of my, part of my journey is done. This chapter is now closed and I've got to grow up. You know, mm-hmm. so that was kind of tough. Absolutely, absolutely. How about you? You have? Do you have any different sort of takes on um, that song? That probably, to be honest, I think that's my all-time favorite song of theirs because I think it's the one that, I mean, not that I ever would purposefully skip a song if it came on to shuffle or whatever but it's probably the one that if I go to play something first if I'm if I'm definitely not in the mood for something boppy it's the one that I'll play and I think it's the one that I have I guess the biggest emotional connection to not only because it it did kind of seal the end of new kids as we knew it as kids but for me I had just it was a really nice memory for me from the concert when I did see them in 2012, when they did sing that at the show. It kind of just, I mean, I was lucky. I had really great seats and it was just really lovely to see them singing it and anyone that they could make eye contact with, they did. So it was almost like that, I guess, coming home of saying, like we'll never leave you if you never leave us kind of thing and I think it brought that song full circle for me because as much as it had sad memories of when they broke up the first time it kind of also has really lovely memories of the fact that as much as we thought that they had gone away they never really did and it also proved that I guess if you have this really deep connection to an artist or to a band and to music there is that song that will always kind of keep that connection alive and I think for me it was that song so then to see them sing it live and for it to have a new meaning that it isn't just this sappy love song of you know you don't want to lose you know the girl of your dreams it's it's more (laughs) than that like it wasn't just about that it is about the fact that you know as fans we are important to them and they do try to show that as much as possible mm-hmm. so for me it it stopped being that kind of bittersweet song of you know oh, I love them so much and now they're gone mm-hmm. that it's it it ended up being a positive as well yeah so yeah beautiful yeah that's true yeah and it's it's kind of funny um I mean even to this day I I, I still love them in a way, it's just changed. I think we've all grown up and a hundred percent, you know. But I, I still appreciate them. And who can actually say that that a band and fans is they have that kind of connection in some shape or form? Some obviously yeah. closer than others because, you know, they're obviously more active in America these days, understandably. Um, but yeah, who can say that you know? You have this kind of yeah, kind they, of relationship with, with mm. between artists and and, and and fans. So yeah, you can tell they made a very conscious effort 
to be as accessible as possible really like Mm. even and even talking to like I've got a good friend of mine um she she lives in the states and I just remember even her talking about them like in their the height of their popularity even back then they made themselves accessible because like she lived in Boston at the time so you know she was a local just like they were and they never behaved like superstars so like I remember her telling me stories about bumping into um like bumping into Donnie and he would never behave like a big shot and not want to say hi he always stopped for photos he would always say hello and you know every single one that she interacted with back then they were great and so I think when they did the big like we're coming back I think they definitely made that conscious effort to still be as accessible as possible or as I guess personable as possible and I Mm. think that's the one thing I always did find with them that they do make an effort to not only like appreciate their fans but show their appreciation by being that way which Mm. is I mean not everyone does it and that's fine you know you don't have to do it but I think that's what sets them apart a little bit from I guess Mm. your every everyday artist yeah absolutely I mean really when you think about it Twitter (laughs) Twitter became super popular in the beginning with a lot of it was blockheads because Donnie jumped on Twitter and that's where he started interacting with everyone and like that's where a lot of it kicked off Mm -hmm. because it was a perfect platform to be able to be like oh my god gonna say something and the likelihood that he will reply was pretty high and it's where we met too isn't it on twitter really yes yeah it was yeah yeah and i remember those days well oh my god it was it was yeah it was oh you know you can kind of yeah, you can almost chat to them and, you know, they respond back. I mean, I've had a couple of DMs and things like that. So like you said, it's just you're able to form a new connection and take it into adulthood. And I think that's absolutely really amazing if you can do that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, wonderful memories. <laughs> and then <laughs> obviously the new music that comes out, I mean, it's still very catchy, very poppy, and I do enjoy listening to it. It's, you know, if I feel like it, I'll just, you know, like One More Night is a really nice song. I enjoy listening to that one. I like the remix. They're just fun. They're fun mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes you just need a bit of fun in your life, not big lyrics that, you know, mean something really deep. You just want to just have a good time and I think exactly that's you know that's how we met and that's we always have fun if when we meet <laughs> um yeah bit, so, bit hard now but yeah <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get out of this whole lockdown shebang at some point <laughs> and then we'll be able to meet again so yeah yeah no it's been and I mean you got to remember I just thought about other songs sort of when we were chatting that um kind of had a bit of an impact and I remember when No More Games came out the remix Mm. though not the original from the step-by-step album I really thought that was such a good positive message Mm. you know even though I remember at that point some people said oh Donnie's a bit arrogant and you know oh he wants to be a rapper and he's not and all this kind of stuff but if you listen to the lyrics it's it's a positive message that 
they were putting out there saying, mm-hmm. stop playing games, be who you are and be proud of who you are. And if you want to take us down, well, stuff it. We're not going to let you, you know. Mm-hmm. And for, I think, fans at that point, they were genuinely sort of 14, 15, 16 along those age, in that age group, mm. that was a really good message to get across. Yeah, definitely. You know, so, yeah. And then... I know what else I mean we probably could go into so many more I just thought I remember for me I thought it was so cool and I'll never forget like I was just like oh yeah when they released face the music and honestly that album is probably oh I I would probably say it's my favorite album of theirs but I loved that, like, they took a break and then they came back and suddenly they were really rough around the edges and that first single, Dirty Dog, and I was like, oh, they're bad boys now. And I just remember as a kid thinking they were the coolest and that that video was the coolest and just, yeah. And I think in a way it was it was interesting that, like, that was the last album that they really did as, but, like, a definitely was rebranded at that point because it was NKOTB because they were you know too cool to be new kids but yeah I do remember it and I remember it being like so controversial at the time because they're not clean cut anymore and I just yeah I just remember thinking back and like it was so scandalous at the time and yet I just thought it was so cool so cool (laughs) that I've I've, I I hate to say this but I kind of already moved on at that point I didn't even took notice of it Oh. For me, I that that whole thing, yeah. I I think some other things started happening in my life, so I kind of moved mm. on from that. Um, but yeah, when I when I eventually did buy it, I was like, how could I've missed that? <laughs> that is just B seriously, yeah. <laughs> bad move. But yeah, yeah. And I do remember it's so funny how they keep coming up in my life. Mm. Um, I remember moving to London in 1999 and discovering Jordan Knight's first solo album. Then, oh, my life yeah. is never the same. Oh my god, their songs on there to this day. If I hear them, I'm like, I can tell you exactly where I was and what I was feeling mm-hmm. to this day. So it's it's just amazing how they're like this red line in in, in both of our lives in essence. You know, they just always keep, seem to crop up now and then, <laughs> which is kind of nice. I don't yeah. want to have it any other way. So. I think so. Yeah. And I think every, like almost every kid kind of has that experience. Like, and especially like if you're a young girl, you do like every generation kind of has that boy band that they, mm. you know, yeah, cling yeah. to and resonate with. So I, th- yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. I think that every, every generation will have their special group. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's it's funny to see, to see kind of that, what came after the new kids as well, because obviously I think we ex- both experienced the Backstreet Boys, we experienced NSYNC and all that. And yeah. I, I always remember I really enjoyed seeing both of them live. They're hugely talented, but in a way you go back and you're like, it's not the same. Maybe because we were older, I was older at that point and I've already gone through yeah. it. So I didn't really want to get back into that and I couldn't because I was yeah obviously older and other things were going on but yeah it's sort of kind of this first love you have and 
Yeah, like New Kids were always my first boy band love, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to lie. I jumped on that Backstreet Boys train, like, and yep, toot, toot. I was, yep, yeah. nah, yeah, no, Backstreet Boys. And I was like, yep, Backstreet's back, all right. And I remember it was just, and then I think because that 2012 tour was NKOTBSB, I was very excited because I was like, it was my two boy band loves coming together, but I was still more excited to see New Kids because I had seen Backstreet before. Mm-hmm. So it was good to be able to see like the one true love yeah. finally. <laughs> and then I remember at the time, um, because like not only did new kids offer like the meet and greet and VIP ticket, Backstreet Boys did the same thing. And I remember a friend of mine saying to me, what are you going to do? And I just remember looking going, I don't understand how this is even a question. <laughs> yeah, exactly said, right. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh god (sighs) yeah that was such a nice trip down memory lane I think we could probably go on for another half an hour but oh I think we've covered the main bits I think think (laughs) do you want to add anything (laughs) it's it's one of those things that you know people always label boy bands and the love of boy bands as a guilty pleasure I don't like that term because as far as I'm concerned, why should I feel guilty for, you know, enjoying something that's fun and positive? And I think mm-hmm. that's something that I would want to, you know, go back and tell younger me, never be embarrassed. Because, mm-hmm. like, I remember being in school and, you know, the, the kids who didn't like new kids on the block or didn't mm-hmm. like boy bands, like, they would kind of look at you and be like, hmm. You like boy bands, what a loser. But I just think, look at what it was able to do for me, having that love of this boy band, because not only did I get to meet great people like you, we became friends. I was able to meet great people overseas who I had never met face to face. But um, when I did have the opportunity to be, you know, in one of their cities, it was actually the year after our concert here in Australia. They were so welcoming and just open and wanting to meet me in person. And I just kind of think, you know, without that sense of community because of this boy band, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to meet people who did want to welcome me with open arms because I don't know, I think there's almost that sense of camaraderie with boy band fans. And I think it depends on the boy band, but definitely with new kids, there's a sense of community that you do as much as you can try and welcome someone that you know has that love for this group and I think that they brought a lot of great things into my life and it wasn't just the music or just seeing them in concert or whatever you know is around them it was other things as well Mm -hmm. so I think I have a lot of good memories because of them and it's not just you know associated with whatever music clip it was or album at the time like they they brought a lot of good things into my life yeah I 100% agree yeah and I think for for people on the outside at that point it was really hard to understand but yeah I think they've definitely the impact they've had overall was just all positive you know so if anyone says oh you're blockhead or you're boy band fan so what have you experienced anything like it if not well you know um how can you even say anything so 
couldn't have said it any better than that. <laughs> well, short and sweet. Well, short and sweet. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a different episode for Living on the B-Side, but I think it probably was needed in a way. Because um, I don't think we talk about the impact that a musician can have in our life for mm. such a long time um, and can help us through so many different phases of our life as well. So I think that's that's just the beauty of music. And if you have that, then grab and hold on to it and don't let it go mm. because it's it's a it's a treasure. It's you know a gift. So that's probably my my quick sort of message or whatever it is at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, thanks, Nat, for the trip down memory lane. It was Same. awesome. I think, yeah, we could have probably gone on forever, but we're trying to keep it <laughs> short and sweet as much as we can. Um, yeah, if there's any other blockheads out there that have any sort of experiences to share, memories, you know, with regards to new kids or any other boy band for that matter, we, we, we're very open to that, aren't we, Nat? We love oh, any other boy bands or any other absolutely. music. Absolutely. You know, just share it with us um, on the usual channels and who knows. Um, we might do part three about something. <laughs> we never know. You never know something. You know what? We'll probably be chatting one day and be like, oh my God, this is going to be a great idea. And then exactly. it'll be interview number three. And it's just going to become a series of, you know, walking down memory lane with with B and that. <laughs> yeah. Or a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for now, um, thanks for tuning in, for watching, for listening. And as I always say, keep on dancing, keep on rocking. And I shall see and hear you um, and talk to you in the next episode. For now, bye, everybody. Bye.